Hello and welcome back to Let's Get Weirding. I'm Megan Sunday. And I'm Bo North. On this podcast, we are reading Frank Herbert's Dune series chapter by chapter. And this week we are back for the final three episodes of episodes, chapters. It feels <laughs> like episodes yeah. of Dune Messiah. Yes. We oh finished this shit. <laughs> I, it's so sad. Like this is definitely the downer. end, the ending of a book that you were like, okay, and where's the next one? Because it is just mm-hmm. like, Nuh. it is, yeah. It Everyone's is. crying or wishing so they could cry. Yeah, <laughs> Everyone's I'll have more to say about that. When staring at the desert and just thinking. There's a point <laughs> where, legitimately. Paul is just like, what if I just told everyone to be chill and love each other? Damn. <laughs> Damn, that might have oh, been a good idea. Wish you'd thought of it sooner. <laughs> Shit. <sighs> it's like, yeah, Paul. That would have been <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> not much of a book, though. Oh, no, not much um, of a book. Excuse me. It is a book. It's called The Bible. <laughs> But all that other stuff has to happen before Jesus shows up. And it's just like, hey, what if everyone was chill and loved each other? Yeah, I mean, first Jesus has to learn how to ride a sandworm. (laughs) It's just just the way the New Testament goes. (laughs) Just saying. I mean, he did walk on water. It's true. Paul just Um, didn't have water. I'm just waiting for a lightning bolt to hit, hit my apartment. Um, I'm, I'm not a religious person, but, you know, I am superstitious. So, uh, <laughs> And I am both superstitious and spiritual. So I live all times in a constant state of, ah! Yeah. It's fantastic. Although I will say one thing that these final three chapters does pretty well is it shifts the focus off of Paul finally and on to um, Alia and Duncan mm-hmm. slash hate, who are, you know, going to be more of the primary focus in Children of Dune. I don't yes. think that's a spoiler to say that. But no. It, I mean, I felt like it was a nice, nice transition. I yeah. just hate the way <laughs> it had oh. to happen. Uh, so we should get into it, shouldn't we? We should. And mm-hmm. so... You get to have the first epigraph, and there's yeah. three of these and a little epilogue poem, so it's a lot tonight. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, we're going to read today from the Stilgar commentary. It's a hot <laughs> commentary track. You have to join the Patreon to get it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here it goes. This is uh, Mwadib on Law from the Stilgar commentary. There exists a limit to the force even the most powerful may apply without destroying themselves. Judging this limit is the true artistry of government. Misuse of power is a fatal sin. The law cannot be a tool of vengeance, never a hostage nor a fortification against the martyrs it has created. You cannot threaten any individual and escape the consequences. Just imagine the meetings where Paul's just saying this stuff. And someone's just like, oh, let me write that down. It's like, must. He's still Gar, of all people. He's like, I don't know. I was at this meeting. It was pretty cool, I guess. (laughs) Uh, So we open in the desert. Yeah. Uh, 
So poor Chani, whose name I will never pronounce right, and this is sad since she's this is the end for for mm-hmm. poor Chani Chaney. And she's gone, they've gone to the desert back to Siege Tabor so that she could have her babies. And she's Paul has brought every goddamn person that he's ever met this whole book. Yeah, she's like, what a weird bunch of traveling companions we had. We had, we had Paul and we had me, and that's correct. But then Hate, the Gola, which is Mm -hmm. weird, uh, Alia, uh, Arulin. A ruling, like <laughs> uh, Bajaz, that weird <laughs> little guy he picked up. Yeah, the a guild navigator. Uh, the Reverend Mother guys, Helen. Mm-hmm. A prisoner. <laughs> like <this> random. <laughs> this random Fremen girl, who she still is unaware isn't all she's cracked up to be because she thinks it's strange that she can't leave the guard site. Mm-hmm. Silgar and Hara, which those two kind of make sense. Yeah, absolutely. I like that Hara is now his favorite wife. She's like moving up those ranks. Yeah. And I mean, she would be my favorite wife, too. Well, yeah. So she doesn't have, so Chani doesn't have a still suit. She's just like looking out at the desert and she's like, just, she's happy to be home, but she can also tell that she's going to go into labor anytime. She's have a little pre labor. And mm-hmm. she's just like, let me just like have a moment. I just want a moment. And, and apparently, just, you know, like she's seeing like gardens and stuff that they the, the, the plantings, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she sees like a, a sandworm come up and immediately turn around. <laughs> it smells the water and is like, nope, nope, I will die. And she thinks like we fucked up. Yeah, she says water has brought pestilence. Like we thought, yeah. and she notices that some some Fremen go in, and she watches them go back into the set, and they have muddy feet, and she's like, "Oh my god!" And there's mud. Like this is the change has not been for the good. Mm-hmm. Which puts kind of a it's interesting. It's sort of a I don't know. It it feels like very foreboding, but it's something mm-hmm. that they like worked so hard towards and worked so much, and it was like Liet's dream her own father's dream to now be like, mm, this is actually really bad. And you think like to ch- to make the ecology like, you know, blooming and green and, and able to sustain life that w- that would be like a good thing, a positive thing, but it's just, it's really not, I guess change is messy and yeah. And it yeah. hasn't been done in a very good way. You know, it was mm-hmm. more of a, a forcing people to do things, of course, the whole jihad. And it's just things have come home to roost, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, she's realizing that maybe none of this was a very good idea. Maybe yeah. we could have just stayed here and lived our lives. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the, there's a windstorm coming, and Hate shows up and is like, uh, "When there's a windstorm, you should probably go inside because they're very dangerous." And she's like, mm. "He's feeling very prote- protective because he knows, like, he can't let any of the women, yeah, can't let nothing happen to those women." He's like, "Why don't you just come inside, and then the 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 chances that I'm going to, like, snap and pitch." to your husband that he should get a clone of you uh, <laughs> are lesser. 
please come inside. But she is annoyed that he is, you know, he tells her that the the storm will shred the flesh from her bones as though he needed to explain such a storm to her. She's Mm -hmm. like, I grew up here. Jackass. I think I texted you like, goddamn, I hate mansplaining a storm to Cheney. Yeah, to her of all people. Yeah. She goes inside and she thinks of how it smells like home, but it's also different because they've brought so many people with them that have brought their own smells so that Mm -hmm. it's, you know, they brought all these people, those people brought people, and they all brought, I guess, not home. Their perfume and all their body wash, and <laughs> she's just like, this is a lot, <laughs> and it's not quite what it should be. And yeah, it's she's a poor woman. <laughs> it's just <laughs> trying to like have a moment, but where she has these babies and everyone's just like, hi, how you doing? How you doing? Hi. <laughs> so she asks, so hates hey, just like maybe you should go to your room. Um, <laughs> how you doing? And she says, you know, like why. Is Paul so afraid? Mm-hmm. Like, why is he afraid of what's happening? Like, why isn't he here? Why has he brought all these people? Like, I'm just... At the end of the day, she's like, I'm just having babies. Yeah. You know, I'm just going into labor. Why is he so afraid of this? And... She says, I know nothing has... He talks about the the future of our children. So how can... So I know nothing's going to happen to the to the... To my babies. But, like... You know, because he says, well, he's afraid for deal? you. And she's yeah. like, well, why isn't he afraid for the kids? And he's just like, well, it's hard for him to think about your children because you lost your other, you know, your firstborn. And she's just like, eh, <laughs> I don't know, man. That seems a little lame. <laughs> so she asks where Paul is and he's like, well, he's busy. Oh, I'm um, sorry. He's too busy for he's his He's too busy wife. to come to be with you right now. That um, is in labor with their children and he know mm. and he <laughs> knows that this isn't going to go well he knows and he's just avoiding it he's avoiding he, it for himself he's avoiding it just I, it makes ugh. me i like i used this phrase earlier i was incandescent with rage when i read this i forgot how infuriating this shit is that she is afraid and he is not there and that is like that's what it comes down to fuck you paul she is afraid and you were not there. And she says, you know, I don't know what's going on. All these people came. We came with all mm-hmm. these ornithopters. Paul flew ours, even though he cannot see. He got no mm-hmm. eyes. He won't really <laughs> explain to me how that whole thing's working. He's yeah. not here. And now that she she realizes she's gone into labor, hate is just like, oh my God, let's get you somewhere. And she's like, it's fine. Yeah. Like, chill Women out. I've been having babies you know, forever. Like I've had, I've done this before. Like, let's just come on. He gives <laughs> her some, you know, stuff about Zensuni birth where she's just like, I didn't need this. <laughs> Nobody asked for this hate. Like, it's all very like, feel good. You know, don't to compete is to prepare for failure. And she's just like, yeah, can we just get to my room? <laughs> can someone tell me where Paul is? So hates just like, okay. Uh, I'm just going to stand out here. Um, do to do, do. He's like, why am I so freaked out? Like he stops and he's like, okay, obviously something is, it's, it's like when you realize that you're anxious about something, but you can't think of why. So you have to like to start listing down things in your head. Mm-hmm. He's just like, okay, why am I so weirded out by this idea that something could happen? 
to, to Chadi. Like, she's pretty chill about it. You know, she's with her people. She's with people who know what to do. There's medics and attendants. Mm-hmm. Like, why why am I so anxious about this? And he starts to go through and he realizes that Bajaz has done something to him. Because yeah. he thinks back to everything that's happened and when this began was when he went to see Bajaz. So he's just like, oh, shit. And he realizes that he has been rigged with a compulsion. Yeah. And he says it out loud and a guard walking by is like, sorry, what'd you say? And he's like, uh. I said everything. <laughs> yeah. That's such a, like, cut to commercial moment. Because mm-hmm. he walks, this guard walks by Hate as Hate says, I've been rigged with a compulsion. And he says, did you say something? And Hate says, I've said everything. Oh, and that is the end of that chapter because this is very. This is again like these little tiny chapters. Yeah, they're and, very brief. Uh, and now it's <laughs> this is all Paul, and we're just gonna like power through this one because damn it, Paul. Mm-hmm. So this time, the epigraph is from children's verse from History of Muad'Dib, mm-hmm. and it's a lot. So here mm-hmm. we go. There was a man so wise, he jumped into a sandy place and burnt out both his eyes. And when he knew his eyes were gone, he suffered no complaint. He summoned up a vision and made himself a saint. Teach that to your daughter. I'm going to. I'm going to teach her to do it really slowly and creepy, like it's a a horror movie (laughs) trailer. Um, Yeah, so Paul's just standing outside. Uh, He's... He knows that it's nighttime because he can see through his prescience. Mm-hmm. He's just thinking about like all his memories there, but he will not let himself think about Chani because he knows that she's currently dying. Which yeah. you ass. You fuck. You fucking fuck. I'm sorry. <laughs> just, I'm so angry. I'm so angry. There's ultimately no purpose to him not being there is the thing. None. It's, it's, None. There's just nothing. Just to be an asshole. Just to be just because an he asshole. can't deal with it himself. Uh, someone comes up with something for him to sign, and he's like, "I know what it is. I can read it." And he signs in the right place, and the, the guy's just like, "Ah, <laughs> how do you do that?" Uh, so he starts like glaring down at Arrakis and kind of being like, "Ugh, place sucks." <laughs> yeah, it's actually kind of is terrible, uh, but it's also really nice. And this is when he's like, "Ah, oh, all I needed was water and love." Which is what someone tells you when they give you a plant. Yep. <laughs> They're like, it just needs water and love. Don't worry about sure, it. You don't have to take but care of it. How how often and how much and and this is why all my plants stuff. <laughs> water and love. <laughs> Seriously, I cannot. This should have been my up. wedding vows. I he just needs water fu- and love. <laughs> Megan, I killed a fucking cactus. That's like, too much water. Or too much was, love. It was too much. I how do you kill a cactus? <laughs> Anyway. Uh, that sounds like a terrible, like, 60s melodrama. How do you kill a cactus? <laughs> By this, are you truly no? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Send that to print. <laughs> uh, he wants to, like, just turn around and, like, yell at people, you know, mm-hmm. no one should be worshipping me. We should be worshipping life. You know, we're all in this beauty together. Like, oh, How damn nice it. of you to come to this conclusion after now, you set up a whole religious government. After you've killed billions of people. Yeah. In b- your name. B- billions. B- b- billions. 
Huh, and he's just like, ah, oh, damn. Like, no one would understand. Like, okay, Futility. Dude. Futility! <laughs> oh, he's Atreides, boys. Yes. <laughs> he's also thinking, you know, he's like, thinking about the stars, and he's just like, you know, there's so many. Like, who could ever think that they could rule this? Like, what, how futile is it to think that you are an emperor of the universe? It's like, yeah, these are fantastic revelations. That you should have, to have come now. to years ago. You know, he's even thinking, you know, he's just these subjects, he's worshippers and enemies, and blah, 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 blah. And he made this myth, but all he should have done was just, like, teach people to, to, to be chill and take care of each other. So, Hate shows up, and he calls him Duncan, and he's like, eh, I'm still not cool with that entirely, which, can we respect the name he wants to be called? Everybody. Seriously. Damn. <laughs> and he, Hate tells him about the compulsion, uh, but that he doesn't really know what it is, but he can tell that it's violent. He's like, now he's realized that there's something else, that it wasn't just this, oh, when you, when he says this phrase to you, you're going to suggest to him that he get a clone of, of his true love uh hates realized that there's something else as well which he was unaware of which Bajaz, you know conveniently didn't mention that part Mm -hmm. um paul's just like "Eh, whatever i'm not too worried about it it's cool duncan you're not gonna do anything to me he's like okay um he has zero zero concern he says well tell me what you see and he's just like well don't you see it he's like well i don't have eyes like okay dude (laughs) Everyone knows that, but all right. <laughs> uh, and he says, you know, I have, he says he's dying of prescience. And he's just like, well, maybe, hates like, well, maybe, you know, nothing bad is going to happen. Like, don't, yeah. maybe, you know, maybe it'll be fine. And he says, you know, I can't, you know, there's nothing to do. Like, I, I, everything I've seen ends up the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this point, when Hate is trying to comfort him, he calls him Young Master, which is what Duncan used to call him. Yeah, and Paul's like, uh-huh. And he says, you well, did, did, it. The, did the Talaxu tell you to call me that? And he's like, no. And he's like, well, there you go. See? Free yourself from the Gola. He's like, yeah, but I am the Gola. And he's like, yeah, no, the dude, it's cool. Like, <laughs> you gotta just... And he's like, I don't care how you do it, but just do it, man. Like, it's, you know, I got a lot on my mind. It's insulting, isn't it? Like, hey, don't be what you are. Be what don't I be what want you, you are. to be. Be something else. I don't really have yeah. any advice for you. Just, like, get it done, man. Like, I mean, that is insulting. I'm not I'm not making that up, imagining that, am I? No, I mean, and it's, especially since it's clearly tormenting hate. Like, he doesn't mm-hmm. know what's going on. He doesn't really know where that came from. He knows that it's a Duncan Idaho thing, but he's like, I don't know if that means I am Duncan Idaho or what that means. Mm-hmm. And everyone is just like, you know what though, man, chill out. Just let us call you Duncan and you'll, you'll figure it out. Don't worry. No, no yeah. worries. And then annoying. Paul's like, wait, I hear something in the desert. And what he hears is someone from the desert calling his name, calling Usul. Yeah. And he knows that Chani's has died. He says it was mostly sweet and you were the sweetest of all. Maybe you could have been there then, man. Yeah. If she's so fucking sweet, why couldn't you just, I don't know, hold her hand in the last, at the end? 
Uh, is this all because of his feelings? Like, oh, I'm just so angry. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense because it's not as if his prescience had told him. Basically, I mean, to be blunt about it, what was going to kill her? You already done did, dude. Like, yeah. that's the end of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was going to die in childbirth. Uh, you weren't going to accidentally kill her or, you know, it wasn't some kind of prescience where, oh, if I'm in the room, something will happen. Mm-hmm. You, she was going to die at childbirth. You already got her pregnant. So, yeah. Uh, so he's just kind of like, yeah, why were uh, why didn't you exit the room that day? Yeah, right? <laughs> you crazy kids. Um, I do like this little memory that he thinks of because he's already trying to remember little things like her breathing next to him at night stuff like that like does get to me because that is the Mm -hmm. the stuff that you would start to be like well shit what what did they look like what did they you know just sound like walking around the house i mean i i Um, found myself getting emotional in this and not just you know fury but like actual real sadness because cheney is wonderful and mm -hmm. like if that pain you feel when you lose someone like it's real and also i mean we'll say this you know we talk a lot of shit about paul but Mm -hmm. he loved her he really did you know that that part was real without question the best part of him as he has this memory of the day they left for the desert when they were at breakfast and she was annoyed that he was wearing basically like an old atreides jacket like uniform jacket she's like why are you wearing that you're the emperor Mm-hmm. And he was just like, ah, the em- even emperor has favorite clothes. And then she got teary eyed, which, you know, this is sort of like, I think a moment where she's like, look at him. He's being a person, <laughs> like an actual reasonable person. And that's kind of sweet. And I just, one of those little moments, because that's the thing is that there are lots of these little tiny moments that you have with a partner that, yeah, mm-hmm. that's the stuff that I think really starts to to drive home. And then he starts to hear all of the the Fremen are are wailing. Uh, And he says, so a messenger comes out, this guy Tandis, and he says that Chani and Paul's like, yeah, I know, she's dead. Mm -hmm. Like, oh. Yeah, it's sad. And he says, she is gone. And hates like, well, I'm going to stab you. <laughs> He's like, no, you're not. He just realizes that he now is being overwhelmed by this compulsion to stab Paul. Mm-hmm. And this was the secret. This was, you know, Bajaz's big like, haha, you thought you knew what was going to happen, but you didn't. Mm-hmm. And he gets a knife out. And he tells him, he tells Paul to run from him. He says, run, young master. And Paul's just like, nah, <laughs> not going to do that. Because you're not going to do that. We'll yeah. do what must be done. And that makes Duncan realize that Paul is sort of quoting his grandfather. And his sort of, his two lives kind of spread out in front of him and then combine into one. Yeah. Where he realizes that he is Duncan Idaho. Yeah, he is Duncan Idaho and he remembers being eight. And the best time here is so, like, he's like, I am Duncan. Paul's like, all right, yeah, you are Duncan. Come with me. They kind of fall into step together. And Tandis is just like, how come Magola has a knife? <laughs> just, just, 
I just want you to know that he's carrying a knife and he's just right. like Duncan. Yeah. Put that away. Like, Ooh. Um, <laughs> so they start to head down because he wants to see Chani and he asks about the baby. And this is where Tanda says, you have two healthy children. And he's like, what? I'm sorry. What'd you say? Mm-hmm. I beg your pardon. What? <laughs> and he says two. What? <laughs> and he realizes that all of his visions had only had uh, the girl, the girl baby. Yeah. He had not seen another one. He had not seen a boy. And he's thinking as they're walking down, he's stumbling. He's starting to like kind of lose his step. Yeah. That he's like, you know, they, he basically is like, you know, I, I w- I'm going to die. Yeah. And if you had lived, they would have taken their children from you and blamed you for what happened. And this is actually, like, the easiest way. Like, it's mm-hmm. the kindest thing to have happened is for you to die and not have to deal with any of that. Which, all right, Paul, that's a little, like, mm. Yeah. But okay. I guess we will just accept that for the moment. Uh-huh. Uh, so they start to get down. He starts, he's seeing things. Uh, that were the vision, like he knows this part that you know he's gonna go and see the baby, mm-hmm. see Chani's body, but he's also realizing that he this isn't what his vision was. No, and he's like, uh oh, and he's realizing that he's about <laughs> to lose the vision and be actually blind. Yeah. So they go in to see the baby, and Hara's just like, "Are you actually blind now?" Because you know, you know what needs to happen. He's like, yeah, yeah, later. Let me meet my kids first. But Hara is actually, like, really sweet. She's, like, guiding his hand and letting mm-hmm. him touch the children. There's little babies. And I just like comes- that, especially if you can't see it, it's just he's just kind of feeling like little baby tummies. And he's just like, yeah, oh, he's okay. Like, They're so soft. <laughs> Which <laughs> like- they are. Is there anything softer than a baby? No. These poor babies are just like, put your hand on me. (laughs) Who are you? Beg your pardon. Yeah. This is about when Alia comes in, like, with uh, Lickna and is very like, hey, 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 Paul, 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 Paul. Hey, Paul, Paul. there's an issue. Paul. You need to listen to this. And Alia, so what's going to be revealed is that Alia does know, they all know that Lickna is is the face dancer. And... Mm -hmm. Alia at this point is kind of like, hey, you should listen to them right now because they could make you a clone of Chani. Wouldn't that be great? Because yeah. she's probably like, I have a very, very diminishing number of friends. <laughs> yeah. And you could possibly bring one of those back. That would also yeah. benefit me as a person with no friends and very little family. Yeah. And then there's also the fact that because he just saw Duncan regain his memories that... He knows that the same would be possible for Cheney. Mm-hmm. And so he tells Alia, he wants her to describe what she's seeing. And that's what she's kind of just like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. Like, uh-oh. <laughs> so he's like, it's another world that I have two children. He says goodbye to Chani. Yeah. And Alia's just like, okay, but I've got Lickna here. And he's like, yeah, but that's a face dancer and you know it. And she's like, yeah, but he's got something to say. So it's Saitail. Saitail's just like, hey, how you doing? Um, so is that a Gola or is that Duncan Idaho? Wink, wink. 
<laughs> and so they say, you know, look, it's stuck in Idaho. We know what you did. Uh, obviously, that means that the actual Excitel is just like, this is awesome. We always hoped that this would work and that mm-hmm. we could make like an act- the actual person and not just a copy. But this is, woohoo, chef's kiss. Amazing. <laughs> and he's like, aw, how about them babies? I will kill them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to kill these babies right now unless you guys talk to me. And... Alia tries to, like, scoot over, and Paul can't see. At this point, he is just blind. Yeah. And Alia's like, oh, shit, I, this is my fault. <sighs> Sorry. Of, Sorry about you... doing all this whole thing. Yeah, but you, you were having a legitimate emotional response to losing someone you love, unlike, unlike so yeah. other people we could mention, because <laughs> I'll get mad again. And he, he does have a moment where he's just like, oh, you know, it would be amazing like to have mm-hmm. her back right now. And yeah. that's that's why they gave me Duncan so that I could see that it could happen. But now, you know, he's like, I would be their slave, basically. Like, I would be yeah. their tool and Shawnee would just be the same. Like, she'd have to deal with all this. They'd they'd be threatening our, threatening our children forever. Mm-hmm. Like. It wouldn't be just, you know, happy families. No. And I can't imagine that she would want that for herself. Like, being no. so very Fremen. Uh, is like, well, let me think about this. Because Paul says, Alia, you know, you take care of this. Like, I can't deal with this. And as Paul is standing there, he starts to realize that he is seeing somebody's vision of the room. Yeah. And he can't quite tell what's happening until he realizes from the point of view that it's from one of the babies. Mm-hmm. It's from his son. And he can see the the knife and he can see himself. And so Sightail is just like, well, we need all the chome holdings. And you know, he's starting to do all this. Yeah. And Paul, using his son's eyes is able to pull out his Chris knife and just fling that shit right through Sightail's eye, which sweet. Which that's boss. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. <laughs> I want to see that. That's, oh, I love a good throw, thrown knife. Yeah. There's just something so cool about that. I agree. In, in books, in sh- like whenever anyone throws a knife and does anything, even if it's just like pinning something to a wall, I'm just like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's awesome. Possibly because I tried to throw an axe once at a Ren Fair and it was poorly done. <laughs> yeah, I did a knife throwing thing once and yeah, same. <laughs> a lot of knives on the ground. Um, yeah, so anytime a character is like, I'm just throwing all these knives, I'm like, well, you're awesome. <laughs> um, I don't know what side you're on, but the side of cool. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so Alia runs over to check on the babies and Duncan's just like, wait, how did that just happen? He's like, yeah, don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> I love that part because he's like, did you see that in your vision? And he's like, I don't want to talk about that part right now. Yeah. And Alia says, well, the babies are fine. And he's like, okay. Time how, to name them. <laughs> how is this going to, how did this happen? And the baby, <laughs> little, little baby boy is just like, hi, it was me. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> and he. real like. He can uh, only do that if he's pre-born. Because he realizes that. that he's, like, he sees his father and was his father and his grandfather and all of that, the entire male line. 
and mm-hmm. he's thinking and he's like, wait, this happened to Alia, but there, you know, there was no overdose. There wasn't the water of life, but he's like, well, maybe that's, you know, Chani taking all this spice for the fertility treatments and her being so hungry all the time and thus mm-hmm. eating more food with spice in it. Yeah. And so he goes over and he sees himself again through the baby's eyes and Ollie is just like, you know, tickling the babies. And he looks over at the baby looks over at his sister. So Paul sees a girl twin for the first time. And they're just like looking at each other and she sees, he and sees someone you know, says there's Chani and Lady Jessica and he realizes that they're both pre-born. And Alia says, oh, mm-hmm. they're staring at each other. And Hera says, well, babies can't focus at this age. And Alia says, I could. And he's just like, oh, boy. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> oh, no. So he's <laughs> like, okay, I'm going to name these kids. Because we have no imagination, we're going to name the boy Leto. Yep. (laughs) Just like that other one. Yep. Leto, two point B. (laughs) Uh, And Hera's like, all right, cool. I like these little, like, very uh, ceremonial things that Hara is saying. Mm -hmm. Where he says, you know, let my son be called Leto for my father. And she says, at the time of naming, I will stand beside you as a friend of the mother and give that name. Mm -hmm. And he wants to name his daughter Ganima. Which we and learned from Dune means spoil of spoil war. Spoil of war. Hara's like, uh, that's not Rude. nice. <laughs> and because that's also what Alia used to call Hara when she was like a little brat. Mm-hmm. And Paul says, well, that name saved your life. Like, you know, you were a spoil of war and you got this sweet, you know, you got to live with me and then now you're married to Stilgar. You know, it doesn't matter. Like, she's my spoil of war they're taking uh they start to take johnny's body for the ritual to get her yeah. water and he's just like her water belongs to the tribe and, and mine belongs to the desert and he's like i like how he's just like all right i guess the babies are cool uh duncan can i go to my room please <laughs> duncan's like i do not feel okay about any of this yeah, this poor dude. So he gets <laughs> to his quarters, and then Bajaz shows up, and he's just like, hey, uh, so it's really cool how you're Duncan Idaho, and that's <laughs> awesome. Like, you know, you just need the right trigger to get all of your past memories, and I want all my past, so it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. And... Paul's just like, what was the trigger? And he was just like, well, they wanted you me to kill you. But they knew that Duncan Idaho thought of you as a son and that the Duncan Idaho part of my personality would overpower the hate desire to kill you. Mm-hmm. And would, you know. And he's just like, well, what would have happened if that had failed and I had killed him? And Bajaz is like, oh, well, we'd have just talked to Alia about making a goal of Paul. Like we got no, don't worry about it. We have we have backup <laughs> plans. And he starts doing the whole like the the whole sales pitch about a Golovchini again. And Paul's just like, I am so tired. And now he's just like, it's hard to resist this because yeah. I'm done with this day. Mm-hmm. And he's just basically like, Yeah, kill him. Kill him or I'm gonna say yes. Basically. Paul's, like, saying it in the Atreides battle talk. He's just like, Duncan, dude, please. I I need you to just kill this guy right now. 
Yeah. And Duncan is like, sir, it would be my honor. (laughs) (laughs) Yay, I am going to do that right now. Like, what does he say at one point where he's just like, oh, he's just like got berserker in his tone. He's just like, let me kill somebody. (laughs) I'm Duncan Idaho. Yeah. (laughs) I'm Duncan Idaho and I need an Atreides to tell me to kill somebody. Woo! (laughs) And so So now... Yeah. Paul's like, okay, well, you know what? Uh... And he <laughs> loses his vision. He loses his link to the prescience. Yep. Oh, he's sitting there thinking the whole time, like, I wish I could cry. And it's like, well, I think they took that part of your face out. Uh, well, I mean, but Duncan can but cry. They... Well, no, not oh, but Duncan, he doesn't... but yeah. Paul. Yeah, because they took the, like, they had to remove flesh around his eyes, too. Not just the eyes. I just wonder if, like, they had to put, like tears in hate like he's got a little like let me refill these like now i can cry <laughs> we're all good and he's just like oh boy there's too much that could happen what's gonna happen and mm-hmm. then we're in the last the last chapter yep so we switch to alia i believe well no we are still we are with duncan but yep. we have another epigraph Right. Okay, I'll take this one. Let me pull it up. Because we already did the creepy children's voice. Twice. <laughs> one, two. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. So here we go. This is from the preamble to the Quizaret Creed. And it says, We say Mwadib. We say- Sorry, I already fucked that up. Okay, let me try it again. We say of Mwadib that he has gone on a journey into the land where we walk without footprints. Yeah. So that, yeah, that is is something that's going to become clear in a moment. So we have Duncan Idaho. He's now Duncan Idaho again. He is mm-hmm. out in the desert just thinking like, God damn it. <laughs> so according to Tandis, Paul basically was like, yep. I'm a Fremen, and I'm blind, so I need to go out into the desert. I'm going to do as the Fremen do. And Duncan's just like, I left you alone for like 10 (laughs) minutes. 10 minutes, and you walked out into the desert to die. He's mad because the Fremen won't send any thopters or anything to look for him. But then he's like, I guess it's fitting. I guess in the end, he really was a Fremen. Yeah, and I like how, like, all the Fremen are just like, no, it's it's cool. I mean, that's what he should have done. Like, why would we help you find him? Mm -hmm. He made arrangements for his children. He, you know, it's, what? What is it you're upset about? Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't understand. Uh, Is there a problem, Mr. Idaho? Right. He said, (laughs) and when Paul called back to Tandis, now I am free. And that's, I guess, when... We would get that song from Gladiator. He'll start playing. <laughs> oh, instead of wheat, he's just running his hands through sand. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and he's just sitting there and he's just like, oh, God, he has a memory of a time when he took Paul when he was a kid to the sea market on Caledon mm-hmm. and Gurney playing music. He's like, oh, Gurney's going to be pissed at me for this. Like, <laughs> oh, man. Gurney's going to say this is all my fault. And what am I going to tell his mother? Oh, God, I got to see his mother. 
It's going to be awkward for everyone. <laughs> Trust me, that will come up in Children of Dune. There is definitely a moment where she's like, married my daughter, huh? Weird. Cool, 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 cool. It's a little weird, dude. I'm just going to let you know that. A little weird. <laughs> uh, so uh, he's just like, all right, what's going to happen? It's like, there's... What? He's like, people are... <laughs> they started talking about, you know, the the lieutenant started doing these guards over the children and so there was like very ritualistic language and he says like when did everything become so ritualistic and governmental like what the fuck just go why would you go out in the desert and die like why can't i go help him this is stupid (laughs) he's like this whole thing is just ridiculous but it's what he wanted but then he's like no i need to because then he realized he's he's getting caught up in remembering things and Mm -hmm. not facing what's happened so he's like, well, all right. And then like sort of the Zen Sunni side shows up and it's just like, he must be one with the <laughs> desert and it will fulfill him. And he's like, yeah, okay, I guess. <laughs> oh man. Like the Mentat side is just like, this doesn't make sense. The Atreides, like Lieutenant side is going, I'm supposed to go help him. And finally that Zen Sunni side is just like, yay, ma'am. You gotta <laughs> be out. I gotta go out there and be one with the desert now. This is what he wanted. <laughs> he's like, it uh, is what he wanted. So honestly it's the first sensible thing paul has done so he hears someone behind him and it's stilgar who says he will not be found yet all men will find him stilgar stilgar come on you're not helping uh and he keeps saying you know he's not a fremen though like why is everyone so chill about this when he wasn't actually a fremen and stilgar's like because we made him a fremen like don't worry about it like don't tell us who's a fremen Dude. found family my friend also like you're the one who was all living with us and digging the whole life anyway yeah he does um, call him my friend like he finally yeah, realizes, realizes. That, like, that duncan is back so i think that was pretty sweet and stilgar is so like yeah man it's all good it's Don't worry like about to it. an, inf- an infuriating degree almost but it's paul so i can't get that he's just like well paul he's not just gonna go out there uh duncan's like he's not just gonna go out there and die like he's in atreides and he's just like yeah and his water will be out in the desert don't worry about Mm -hmm. it like Mm -hmm. uh so he says alia's back no the zensuni part of him is like in a way the whole planet is his grave and that's kind of cool and it's just like (laughs) what (laughs) yes that's what everyone who's missing someone that just disappeared should think. Uh, so he says, well, Ollie is back and she wants to talk to you. And he's like, oh, she went with you to another set. And he's just like, yeah, you know, uh, everyone takes her orders now. And Duncan's like, well, what orders? And he's like, well, we killed all the traitors. Yeah. Even the guildsmen, not to <laughs> the Reverend mother, Corba and Duncan's like, you killed a Reverend mother. And Stilgar says, yeah, Paul told me not to, but Ollie said, I disobey him. <laughs> so I did, and I did it. And then I just love how awkward Stilgar is about this, where he's just like, Alia wants you to come and, like, hang out with her, because she, like, you needs, know. needs you. She needs the vitamin D by D. and <laughs> She's like, uh, she's been calling for you, and she's, like, calling you her boyfriend, and I'm a little uncomfortable with it, so... <laughs> no, but Stilgar is, like, very cheerful to have killed the Reverend Mother, I would say. Yeah, he's like, yeah, he's whatever, like, man. He's like, yeah, I did it. And I'm not embarrassed. And then at one point, 
Duck is just like, but she's the government man. Like, but she's the man. <laughs> yeah, she's like, in yeah, charge. She's just, you know, he's like, she's the regency. Like, so don't worry about it. Like, at a yeah. certain point, it'll be somebody else's turn. And don't worry about that. Uh-oh. <laughs> you know. Yeah, we'll Meanwhile, talk about I look later. into the future with my prescience and go, wah-wah. But uh, <laughs> he's like, yeah, so don't worry about it. But she, like, really wants you to come and talk to her, like she's basically at this point Stilgar's like she's being really emotional and no one knows what to do about that <laughs> um like she's crying and then she's calling Paul a dumbass and she's really as upset. we all are really. yes and I just I we really need you to come and hang out with her for a while mm-hmm. and he's just like all right fine like give me a second and so he starts thinking about, you know, he, he clicks back on to, like, Mentat mode. And he's just like, <laughs> well, you know, Paul actually started some really good stuff here. You know, the, the Betty Telax and the Guild lost, so they're discredited. Everyone's going to know what they tried to do. Mm-hmm. The higher-ups of Paul's church-slash-government are all shaken because Corba was a traitor, so that's going to have to get an overhaul. Yeah. And now the Fremen are totally back on Team Paul because at the end he went with their traditions and walked out into the desert. Um, So, like, he's actually done some pretty good stuff. And then Ollie is just <laughs> like, oh, my God, my brother's dead. Also, I'm here now. Yeah. And he's like, your brother was a fool. And he's like, well, don't say that. And she's <laughs> just like, because everyone's going to say it because he's dumb. Because they loved him and he was so cool and now he's dead and it's stupid. And he realizes that like... she also is not having any visions. Mm-hmm. And I like that he's basically like, well, it sounds, he's like, it's odd. It's an odd way to love your brother. It's like, well, I think she's allowed to be upset, dude. Yeah. Like, ew. <laughs> Don't tell her Why do grieve. you have to make it weird? And, and, he, she's, and her thing is that, you know, at some point, Paul could have just stepped away. Yeah. Like, what did it matter if everything else collapsed? Because he would have had Cheney and they would have had the babies and they could have been happy. Like, why did he do this and, like, cost everything? Mm-hmm. And, you know, at least now she's like, he's free and he chose this. And she's just, like, crying and she's upset. And then, then here we go. she's just like, you know, now what I have to do, I have to save a ruling. Yeah. Because I love my brother, I have to keep this woman alive. And now she's upset. And she says that she's been in love with him all this time and didn't realize it until he was dead. And so now all she says is that she's going to give up being a Benny Gesserit and just take care of the babies. And, like, Duncan goes, do you trust her? And she's like, how can I not? Like, look, she's being so stupid and trustworthy. <laughs> like, I hate everything right now. <laughs> yeah, so she's like, the Benny Gesserit have lost their one sort of, you know, playing card with the Atreides. Mm-hmm. And so she starts to cry. Um, and they, you know, he's just like, can you not cry? Like, oh, <laughs> damn. <laughs> Makes me so uncomfortable. <laughs> she says that she needs him and loves him. And he's kind of just like, this is something odd is happening like you know i came out here looking for paul and now his sister's here and i like that he says it was as if it was as though he lurched into a room full of familiar people only to realize too late that he knew none of them 
Yeah. And that's sort of like his own kind of prescience that nothing is, is done. Mm-hmm. Things are different, things are changing, and his yeah. part in all this is far from over. It's just getting started. And she says, will you come with me, Duncan? And he says, wherever you lead, like, love to love my teenage girlfriend. <laughs> and did you start singing the Gilmore Girls song when, at this point? No, because I, did. I, I didn't watch Gilmore Girls. So. Where you lead, I will follow. It'd just be so dramatic, they're going to, like, turn hand in hand. Mm-hmm. So now we have our epilogue. All right, here we go. Okay. I could sing this, but I don't know the tune, and I'm not going to do that. This is the Gola's <laughs> Hymn. Oh, boy. No bitter stench of funeral still from Wadib. No knell nor solemn rite to free the mind from avaricious shadows. He is the fool saint the golden stranger living forever on the edge of reason. Let your guard fall and he is there. His crimson peace and sovereign pallor strike into our universe on prophetic webs to the verge of a quiet glance. There, out of bristling star jungles, mysterious, lethal, an oracle without eyes, cat's paw of prophecy whose voice never dies. Shy halud, he awaits thee upon a strand where couples walk and fix eye to eye the delicious ennui of love. He strides through the long cavern of time, scattering the fool self of his dream. That's an mm. awful poem, Duncan. I don't like that yeah. at all. Although I do like Cat's Paw of Prophecy. I, think I like an- parts of it, but like his nice crimson piece is yeah. a little like... Mm. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, that's Dune Messiah. That's Dune Messiah. We finished it. Oh my God. Paul, Paul, Paul. Yeah. I will say, though, it is very almost ballsy for Mm -hmm. in the second book of what's likely to be a big series, you're assuming, to Mm -hmm. have us, you know, in theory, killed off your hero. Yeah. Um, And that's not to say that this doesn't happen in a lot of genre stuff, because I think you can get a lot of good fake outs. Ned Stark, for one. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's still, I mean... You you come away from Dune thinking that this is going to be an epic about Paul and what happens yeah. to him. And then you realize that Paul is such a tiny piece of the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's only, it's just beginning to grow. And we're going to see a lot more of this world in the next book in Children of Dune. Which I am so excited to start. Yes, I'm very excited for Children of Dune. And we've got some of our old faves will be back. We've got our two mm-hmm. new, our Wonder Twins. Oh, Lido and Ghani. And so I'm going to warn everyone now. So if you've seen the sci-fi miniseries, Children of Dune, which I think is to to now the only adaptation of that particular book. It's a mixture of Messiah and children. Uh, They are like little bitty kids in this book. Um, (laughs) They uh, they age them up. Yeah, they age them up for the miniseries, which fair and also gave us McAvoy. McAvoy. But, yeah, in the book, they're just, like, little kids running around. So it's like Alia times two of just yeah. <laughs> super kids running around, like, hello, we know Being everything. mischievous. Like, how you doing? Like, oh, my God. And they got <laughs> Jessica still only occasionally shows up and is like, oh, and my weird grandkids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Remind me to go back in time, find my son, and slap him. 
Like, well, this is awkward for everyone. I'm yeah. going to go. <laughs> but, oh my gosh, Doom Messiah. That was Doom Messiah. So what did everybody reading along think is what I want to know. Like, are you enjo- are other people enjoying like the shift in tone from Dune to Doom Messiah as much as I did? Because mm-hmm. I really like the pacing of these later books so much more. Well, I will say these interim books, like the small ones. Yeah. I feel like a really fast pace, whereas then we when we get to God Emperor, things slow down a bit. And then we get to Heretics and everyone goes, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so fun. Like, I beg pardon, what? <laughs> yeah, just wait. We're not even close oh, to Sex no, Nuns yet. <laughs> but yeah, so Doom Messiah, uh, I, I would love to know what people think because I do want to know... If you had never read these before, did you think mm-hmm. leaving Doom that this was going to be like the Paul adventures? Yeah. Uh, you and know, I think were that... you anticipating just book after book of Paul being emperor of the universe? <laughs> I think that's also like the danger of of not having read the story. So like a lot of people are talking about the book now, the books now because of the movie, even though the mm-hmm. movie has been delayed for another year, like it's still... <laughs> It's fine. It's still, like, very much part of the conversation right now. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) I feel like so much focus goes into Paul. Yeah. Because the first book really is Paul's story. But, like, he's such an insignificant part of the world in general. Like, he's just a piece, like a puzzle piece that had to fit a certain way to see Mm -hmm. the big picture. Yeah. And I think, as we've said before, Dune is one of these series that is kind of, I won't say paint by numbers, but a lot Mm -hmm. of it is very, like, this is a fantasy sci-fi epic. Yeah. And if you've read one, you know a lot of these beats. And I do think that that is a moment where, particularly, as we said before, God Emperor comes along and you're going, what? Yeah. Yeah. I beg your pardon? (laughs) It really does uh, mix things up. Like, what is all this? What is all this that's happening? <laughs> How unusual. Yeah. So we've discussed before walking into a room and going, ah, oh. 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 I'm going to go. Uh, I walked Backing into the wrong out of the room. room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't know this was the worm room. I'm so sorry. I'm going to go. I didn't realize that a giant worm was in here. <laughs> Awkward. Hey, Sam Neil leaving. tried to worm me. I won't need eyes. Oh. <laughs> I wish there was a worm person in Event Horizon. Event Horizon. It would have seemed appropriate. There's like Underrated a... classic. I'm just... I'm still here to stand for Event Horizon. <laughs> Everyone loves a space hell. Yeah. This is also why I really like Stargate Universe. Even though nobody else did. My husband did. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Other Stargate people were not fans. No, I was a big Atlantis person. And I was a little peeved that they kind of canceled it for Universe. Mm-hmm. Well, it was a flop. So justice for, for Atlantis, I guess. Justice for Atlantis. Jason Momoa going on to bigger and better things. Mm-hmm. And uh, it freed up. Robert Carlyle to be on Once Upon a Time for 700 years. It's true. It's true. We got to have Rumpelstiltskin's romantic backstory. 
so was, which everyone wanted everyone was begging for i mean i find robert carlyle like i think he's very attractive and a good actor and everything but but he's like sparkly and green yeah and the whole like thing with bill like silvery like, green one thing I will never forgive Once Upon a Time for is making Belle, like, the most insufferable Disney character ever. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Anyway. Uh, oh, Once Upon a Time. Once so, Upon a Time is its own podcast of just oh, people yeah. going, what? There's our bonus content for you. Oh, my God. Don't We're even get me started. We're already in Abramsverse with Lost. Uh, speaking of, if you want to listen to us talk about Lost, you can sign up at our Patreon, patreon.com slash weirdingpodcast. We're there. We put out a Lost podcast once a month. Uh, should be a new episode coming out this weekend. And what else do we do? We have our newsletter. We do mm-hmm. our live, well, not live, but video episodes. Uh, yeah, we have a lot of fun. Uh, if the most recent one, if you have access to it, I am dressed like a pumpkin. Yes. And I am dressed as Carol Baskins. Because it's <laughs> Halloween. Oh, what a more innocent time that was. When we were all just like, oh, Tiger King. Yeah. I know. It was, it was at the beginning of pandemic and everyone was talking about Tiger King. And it feels like it was 100 years ago. Well, I, I will say just for a brief moment, that, that is something that I always find interesting with anything that, that becomes that much of a part of the quote-unquote conversation. Mm. And that was something that I actually brought up when I did the review of Wilderness of Error uh, for the spool about the Jeffrey McDonald case is that, you know, we, I don't think at this point that there's going to be another like big thing that gets everyone talking because Mm -hmm. Tiger King was because we had nothing else to do. Yeah. Um, Serial was because it was a lot of people's first intro to true crime. Yeah. But now, you know, it's it's everywhere. Um, and that's not to say that that's, like, necessarily a bad thing. Because I do think a lot... The, the fact that there's so many people discussing true crime means that a lot of smaller cases are getting picked up and talked about and things like yeah. that. But just, you know, I don't think that, like, Wilderness of Error was even a blip. And then everyone was talking about, the you know, the Netflix ones. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just, like... Remember when we could just all watch Tiger King and be like, <laughs> yeah, I I think that that was maybe less true crime and more, um, you know, sort of a a voyeuristic look at <laughs> people that are impoverished and possibly mentally unsound. Well, I mean, would there are elements. To do I would say that. elements of that definitely less. I think directed at you know, sort of Joe Exotic himself, but I do mm-hmm. think that that part of the conversation around his various love interests was very much that. Yes, mm-hmm. I will concur with that, um, definitely. Yeah. And it was just funny for me watching any of the Carol Baskin parts because you, not enough Tampa representation in the media. Woohoo! <laughs> we have Tiger King, guys. Woo. <laughs> it used to be Wildlife on Easy Street. Um, <laughs> Tampa. Uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, since sadly no one else is talking about Tiger King but us. Um, <laughs> so my costume so... was very relevant. Yeah. <laughs> but good. I mean, come on. <laughs> I think what everyone was going to do for Halloween anyway, and now no one can go anywhere. So <laughs> It's true. It's true. So next will be Children of Dune. 
Yep. But before that. But before that. Yes, we are talking about Stephen King's Wizard and Glass, book four mm-hmm. of the Dark Tower series. We're going to split that into two episodes, and we have some great guests, some new, some returning for those two episodes. Mm-hmm. Very, very excited to talk about this book. Megan, less so. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm excited to hear everyone else talk about it, and maybe that'll, you know, get me, get me amped up. Make you, make you think about it differently. Sure. Nah. <laughs> so I think that's going to be it for us this week. Um, we would love to hear from you. Write us uh, weirdypodcast at gmail.com. We love getting letters. We love reviews. We want to know how did you like Children of Dune? Where are you at with it? Or I'm sorry, Dune Messiah. Getting ahead or, of myself. What are if you you're looking reading Children to? of Dune? Yeah. Yeah. So let us know. Let us know. We want to know. Uh, we're on twitter at weirding pod you can find our work at the spool.net where we write about television and movies mm-hmm. yeah anything else oh no i already mentioned the patreon yes mm-hmm. um i will just say really quickly that one of my issues with wizard and glass is any is the same issue i have whenever anybody tells a story that becomes a lengthy flashback and there's mm-hmm. sex in it it's like <laughs> Are you? Yeah, it's funny. Is everyone I'm... just sitting around the campfire like, okay. So I just started Lindy West's new book, which is a collection of all of her like essays on film uh, or specific films rather. And it's very, very funny. But reading the one for the notebook, which was on Jezebel years ago, and I think you can find it still out there. But <laughs> she's talking about like, Hey, a note to my partner, like, when I'm old and have dementia, you can leave out the part where you bang a war widow <laughs> in retelling our story. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Golly. Yeah. I that's mean, a little... I guess spoiler for the notebook, but fuck eh. Nicholas Sparks yeah. and anyone that has anything to do with him. That movie, like, Ryan Gosling being in that movie made me think so much less of Ryan Gosling. Even though, like, yes, he became a huge star after it, but uh, was I just it worth I it? Need was it to worth see it? a movie where Rachel McAdams just has a nice, normal marriage? That would be something, wouldn't with it? With a nice, normal man or woman, mm-hmm. and they're not in a forbidden love. They're not a time traveler of any capacity because she's had at least three of those. Two. At least two, yeah. I can't remember. Well, no, no, no. She's had time traveler's wife. Yeah, about, about time. time. And technically Doctor Strange. Oh, right. He also travels through time. And mm-hmm. yeah, so it's like, ma'am, please. Can please I just, just say, I like Rachel McAdams, but she and Benedict Cumberbatch had like negative chemistry. Like I felt. Oh my God. No, that was, was like ridiculous. Null. It was, there was like nothing there. It took me forever to realize they were supposed to be a former couple because I was like, yeah. oh, they're just like work pals. Oh, no, they were in a relationship. Oh, yeah. We're supposed to buy this. I don't know. Like, this Meanwhile, like- in Ant-Man, Paul Rudd has chemistry with himself, with Evangeline Lilly, with his ex-wife, Judy mm-hmm. Greer, and his ex-wife's new husband, Bobby Cannavale. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, just everybody. Yeah, everyone he comes across. He's just like, hello. I'm just saying. Every like, member, every member of his gang. This is not a thing against either of the Michael actors, Douglas. Because I feel like Benedict Cumberbatch had like pretty good chemistry with everyone else in Doctor Strange, except mm-hmm. for 
Rachel McAdams. I just didn't think they had good romantic or formerly romantic no. chemistry. I just no, thought they were friends. No, it was so not believable. And you could, of course, obviously be friends after a relationship, but I never got the impression that that had ever been a part of it. Mm-mm. No. You know? So it would no. might have been served better if they had just made it, like, if they had to have something, have it be like, remember that crazy time we got drunk and slept together? That was dumb. Moving yeah, on. That would have been a little more... You know, I would have bought that a little more readily than these I think two my, were a, cu- a couple. Also, my other issue with the beginning parts of Doctor Strange was that it was just so very, like, first Iron Man. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I've seen this goateed asshole before. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but you're really going to love this one. It's <laughs> this just like, one, he's got it's, magic. It's kind of the same guy. I don't Mass know. Mass Mickelson is there. Yeah, I mean, I watched it for Mads and Tilda, even though, yes, I know, it's problematic <laughs> that she was playing this character. I'm not disagreeing with that at all, but it's Tilda and I, I love her. I will say only this for modern film is that at least, at least we are past the point where they didn't try to, like, put her in yellow face. Oh my god, thank It's you. still a huge problem that they took it, that character and were like, hey, I want a white lady, but at least they weren't like, we can make her seem Asian. Like, no, mm-hmm. no, no. Yeah, no, thank you. I say thank you every day for that, honestly. <laughs> every morning you wake up, you look in the mirror, and you're like, thank you. Here's how my- much I love Tilda Swinton. Um, friend of the show, Philippe Sabrero, is doing, like, these sketches every day, or every week, mm-hmm. for, like, the best character actors he's doing like 30 days of character actor sketches and he did one at Tilda Swinton and I basically bullied him <laughs> into putting it in his shop just long enough for me to buy a print and That's he did <laughs> he did and it. he did and I bought the print and then he took it down so I get this exclusive Tilda Swinton print <laughs> because she is my wife we are married you We're can live in, in her castle yeah with... Uh, I mean, she has like yeah. a ton of kids, doesn't she? I think she has two. Yeah, well, that's a lot to yeah. me. Because I have zero, so. <laughs> uh, Her daughter was just in a movie. Anyway, so this has been mm, Swinton anyway, Talk. Yeah, yeah <laughs> Swinton Time. Yeah. <laughs> so with that, I would say I thank will... you, everybody. Yes. Join us back for season three, where we're going to talk mm. about Children of Dune. Oh my golly. exciting. A lot lot happening in that book so oh so stay much. tuned for that i hope you Anything. like family drama <laughs> and that's gonna do it for us this week everyone be nice and take your spice. take your spice Did you have another thing you wanted me to add at the end? I cut you off. Oh, no. I was just going to vaguely think that, you know, part of me would wish that Tilda Swinton would be like a reverend mother, but that she'd also be too weird. I feel I like you have to perfect. have a limit. I think you have to have a limit because you, come, you can't come swanning in mm-hmm. like Tilda at all times. I'm just saying. Paul <laughs> is not going to be there for that if she's just like, also, here I am. Yeah. He's going to be like, I'm walking out of this room. But she's she's pretty good. She could honestly like you saw her in Snowpiercer, like she could True. do it. Yeah, I mean 
she can make herself be ungraceful and ungainly and not that a Bene Gesserit would be any of those things, but I'm just saying like <laughs> she's a good actor. She's gonna tell Paul not to like you don't put a shoe on your head. 